confession without wavering. Let us consider one another. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. Let us show gratitude. Let us go out to him. Now, he doesn't know I'm going to do this, but uh, Christy's husband, Jeff, last week finally got, got on to this series, and he listened to all 11, or all 10, right in a row. He drives for a living, and I, I'm like, Were you, I'm glad you didn't have a gun. <laughs> I'm not kidding. 11 in a row, 10 in a row. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's just, he's just kind of drinking it in and just from a fire hydrant. Uh, but if you want to go back, those are free on the website, icoth.com. You can sign up for our podcast. You can have them put directly onto your phone. Um, but now we're on step 12. And I will tell you at the end, I'm going to give you this, the 12th step of uh, AA. Just since we've been doing 12 steps, I've just been giving you all the 12 steps. I've not been going into those, but just reading them to you. And they've been awesome, haven't they? They're awesome. Uh, they're, they're, they're really 12 steps to breakthrough, to overcoming. Not just overcoming alcohol. It's an overcoming program, and it's got God all throughout it. It's awesome. Okay. Step 12. Let us offer up a sacrifice of praise. Breathing in your grace, I'm breathing out your praise. Twelfth and final resolution, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. If you got your Bibles turned there, if not, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. But don't let the screen be a crutch to you. Um, you can highlight in your phone, you can highlight in your Bible, but you can't take the screen home with you. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Now listen to me, this is us together. Let us do this together. Now you need to do this on your own. I'm going to give you some scriptures on that. But we also need to do this together. And to me, this final re resolution is very important and beautiful. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. This final res resolution is one that is ongoing. It doesn't stop. We never get to the end. Are you going to do that? Will you continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God? Because if you remember, the intention of this series was to give you 12 steps to a better year. This one is key. They've all been key. The words that we say, our confession, no confession, no high priest. We've got to be speaking out and holding fast to our confession. These, we've got steps in here, but this one is a biggie. If we've got praise coming out of our mouth, good things are going to start happening to you. Good things are about to start happening to me now. Praise coming out of my mouth. All right. The final step of offering up a sacrifice of praise to God is related in a direct and practical way to the two steps we've just done. Let us show gratitude and let us go to him outside the gate. Because you see that gratitude leads to praise. And there are so many scriptures throughout the Bible that relates thanksgiving to praise. Let us show gratitude. The gratitude and praise go right together. But one of the most beautiful passages in scripture is Psalm 100. To me, I know it's kind of an opinion. But it says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Do you get that? 
When praise is coming out of your lips, you are beginning a journey into the presence of God. You can't help it. You can't stop it. That is where you will go. So, you know, I say this, my, my wife coined this phrase. She didn't make it up, but she's kind of brought it to church on the hill. When you find yourself in hell, keep walking. When you find yourself in hell, start praising. Because it will get you out of that. And a lot of times, it's a state of mind. What we're battling is a lot of times in our mind, it's not even, sometimes it's not even real. Uh, I was reading a book, he's not here tonight, uh, uh, that Mark Davis gave me that talked about fear and that fear is paying interest on a home that you'll never live in. How many things have you been afraid of that never, never happened, never even had the possibility of happen, happening? You just put two and two together and came up with the absolute worst that could ever happen and you feared that. And what did that get you? Get you an ulcer, got you sick, got you depressed, got you afraid. Fear is paying interest on something that you'll never have. I love that. I don't want to fear. How do I get rid of fear? I praise. I cast that baby out. But we can see here, first step in access to God is thanksgiving. Do you see that? First step into the gates. We get past the gates with thanksgiving. We get into his courts with praise. Just before this one, let us go outside, let us go out to him outside the camp. Means, remember, means for us to be identified with the cross. But to follow Jesus, we've got to accept the reproach of the cross. This is from last week. But it brings us, if you remember, being released from those two slaveries of self, being released of self. Sunday was kind of about that. It was about being self-centered. Do y'all remember that? Uh, remember, you only remember 5%, so that might have not have been the 5% you remember. But self-centeredness. Or self-pleasing, pleasing self, and pleasing the world. This step is directly related to offering the sacrifice of praise. You may not see it at first, but there are two hindrances to spontaneous, free-flowing praise in our life. Two hindrances from praise really coming out of our hearts, and that is pleasing self and pleasing the world. When we get our focus on ourself, we get our focus off of him. When we get our focus on the world, we get our focus off of him. Next thing you know, we're praising self or we're praising the world. And that will only lead you to destruction. It will lead you to disappointment and failure. As long as our affections are centered on ourselves and the world or the world, we are not really free to praise God. But the cross removes these two hindrances and sets us free to praise God. The cross. Set free in this way, you're no longer affected by what people think. You're no longer affected by the circumstances of this world. No longer affected. Now, there may be some bumps in the road. You may have to kind of push through, but you will get through. The economy of God never suffers. The weather is never rainy. It's never stormy. It's a perfect 70. I know this is me talking, but I can imagine. And he's so much greater than I can even imagine. 70 degrees and sunny. And no matter how much I work out, I don't sweat. 
perfect. It's perfect. Have you ever worked out when the weather was perfect? Man, it's awesome. We need to be set free. We're no longer affected by what's going on in the world. Listen to the news. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on right now in the news, with the avalanche and, and with Baltimore, I want you to know the kingdom of God is not shaking. The world will shake. There's nothing left to hinder our praise. We don't just praise God when things are going right. We praise God when things are going wrong. Job is a great example. You know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is an awesome testimony. David, after losing his son, cleaned himself up, got up and praised God. We have some great examples in front of us. So I want to ask you, do you have a liberated spirit? Think about that just for a minute. Are you really liberated or are you under the chains of situations of the world or self? It's a mystery of the liberty that comes through being identified with the cross and praise is a huge aspect of it. You can find out a lot about a person and how they are by how much praising they're doing. You find out what kind of life they're living. Are they still a slave to the old man or have they entered into the resurrection and entered into the new man, the resurrected life? The old man, woman, people, are grumblers. When you hear a person grumbling, you know that that's the old man speaking. Have you ever had your old person try to come back to life? I have. You know, zombie walking around. Who are you? Um, I, I had a meeting with someone that, that I needed to, I was having some relationship issues and it was getting masked by other problems. How many of you know a lot of times if something's wrong to a root, to a root, to a good relationship, it won't always show up in that setting. Satan has a way of hiding that, but all of a sudden, nothing else can go right. Can anybody relate? And as I was praying about it, I just felt like the Lord said, no, 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 what the issue you think is, is it, isn't it? And it wasn't just in the other person, it was also in me. I had an issue that I didn't really even know was there. And when we sat down to talk, and usually if, if you and I have a conflict, I'm going to try to say, what are, what's bothering you about me? And let me try to make it right. Tell me what it is. If I did it, I'll confess and we'll get through it. If I didn't do it, I'll fight with you and argue with you. But eventually we'll get to the bottom of it. But this time I said, look, I usually don't do this, but I want you to share what's bothering you and I need to share with you what's bothering me. And that sounds so dumb, but I typically don't do that. I, I, I kind of just push my stuff down. And I can usually get past it. You know, love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't mean we got to confront everybody on everything we ever do or someone does to us. That's all we do if that's what we did. But the second I said what bothered me about this person, I didn't even believe it. It's like it laid there on the table and I was looking at it and I thought, well, I don't even believe that. And I felt it. I felt it this whole time and I've held this against this person this whole time and I don't even believe it to be true. 
it was so dumb. But when I got together and I spoke out these words, I believe that even in that relationship and us being willing to come together, what wound up coming out of it was praise to God. That we were allowed to say, here it is. And if it is a problem, let's try to deal with it. But I'm tired of going on like we are. And the grumbling that's coming out of my mouth is telling me something's wrong. And can you please help me work this out? And uh, I will tell you that if you ask people to forgive you, even the hardest of hearts, they usually will. If you will humble yourself and ask to be forgiven, they'll usually do it. If you go and genuinely say you're sorry, people, even the hardest people, will soften. Why? Because it's the pathway of Christ. He has showed us how to get free. One way, again, let's go back to praise. The new man is a praiser. Let me ask you, which one are you? Don't say, oh, my husband's this. Don't do that. Oh, my wife's this. Don't do that. What are you? You know, the only thing you can control is you. You can't control your spouse. You're not supposed to. It says husbands love our wives like Christ loved the church. Christ never controlled me. He loved me just like I was no matter what I did or ever did. And, and always has loved me. And I cannot separate that love from him. I can't, I can't run. I can't get out from under it. That's how he loves me. So trying to control your spouse is a disaster. It's a bomb waiting to go off. Control you. That's hard enough. It's impossible without the Lord. Old man's a grumbler. New man's a praiser. The old man says, I can't take this any longer. Things are too bad. Nobody treats me right. I don't know what's wrong with, me, what's wrong with the world. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. We got mainly older folks in here, so y'all all get the hee-haw reference. If you grew up where I did, you got four, three channels, and when the president was on, it was awful. We didn't have video games. So we watched hee-haw. And now I go back and watch it, and I love it. But man, when I watched it as a kid, I was ready to gouge my eyes out. That's the grumbler. That's the old man. The new man says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I am free. I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. God loves me. In the midst of walking through challenges, is able to see what's not there. See what's coming. It's bad now, but this isn't where I'm supposed to be. God, you've, if you've caught the verse from Sunday, every single week, God's wanting to do something new in you. And if you're, hard, if you're having a hard time in the wilderness, he says he'll give you a pathway in the wilderness. He says if you're in a dry, dry wasteland, he'll give you rivers in the dry wasteland. Where are you? Start praising. Water will spew up out of the rocks and give you a drink. You're thirsty? He'll, he'll, he'll feed you. He'll, what would you say? He'll quench your thirst. That didn't work. He'll feed you. So which is your attitude? Which one? And if you'd say, man, I'm a grumbler, but I don't want to tell anybody. That's okay. 
accept it and move on. Move forward. If you're a grumbler, it's one of the greatest things to know is what's, what's wrong. That's part of AA. If you can ever confess what you're doing, if you can ever see, I'm an alcoholic. Boom! Big wall goes down. I've got a problem. I'm a grumbler. So, we're going to replace that grumbling with praise. And I want you to know it is a, it is a it, it's an action. It's a move. When I was younger, I had a very hard time with profanity. I grew up, you know, running with the wrong crowd. Then I went and worked in a at, at the lube at the at a at a grease monkey top thing where I mean it's it might as well have been all sailors in there. And I was right there with them. They didn't they didn't influence me. I was already there. It just was a normal place to work. Because that's just how we talked. And the Lord really, really did a miracle in my life. And, and, uh, but I had to learn that when I stubbed my toe to not say this word, say that word. I had to kind of readjust which word came out. Even though I still thought that word, I said that word. And how many of you, how many of you know even to this day sometimes that word wants to still pop up? It exists it's in there. God, go ahead and just remove it. But I still need to know it in case my kids say it. So, you know, we don't need it completely away because that's what the Lord shows us what's right and wrong. We need to know what's wrong. But I don't want to think that when that happens. I want to say that. And as I started to just make an effort, God did a miracle in my life and helped me overcome that. I couldn't do that on my own. So instead of your grumbling, praise. And your praise may come out sounding a little grumbling, but I want you to know eventually your heart will turn. Have you ever heard the expression, fake it until you make it? There is something powerful about the words that you say, even if you don't necessarily have bought into it yet. You start confessing the word of God out of your mouth, even if you're not completely believing it yet, it's going to turn your heart because your ears are going to hear those words, whether your heart even believes it. But it says your faith is going to grow. And not only that, it says that the Father is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. He's not worrying whether or not you really believe it or not. You're confessing it. It gets confessed and spoken out. God is now on the hook to move according to that. God, I don't know that you really can heal me, but I believe God, they're telling me you're a healer. And I just right now confess in Jesus' name that my back is healed. But I really am not sure. But I'll confess it again. My back is healed. It's like forgiveness. I forgive you. And you come back tomorrow. I forgive you. I'm not literally saying it out loud, but I'm looking at him. And the next thing you know, it's out of my heart. It's gone. It took 50 times. It doesn't always take the first time, but it will take. It will take. But it takes that first step. The only way you can eat an ele elephant's one bite at a time. You got to start with the first bite. Are you liberated? Well, this fits right here. Look at this Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that tell you? That tells me that if it's grumbling that's coming out of my mouth, that's what you're going to eat. 
if I'm saying according to the word of God, if I'm saying praises, if I'm speaking positively, that's the fruit that I'm going to eat. Two results out of the tongue, death, death and life. If you're grumbling and, or a negative or self-centered, your tongue will bring forth death. If you are liberated from all that walking in praise, the praise and worship of God, your tongue will bring forth life. Whatever your tongue brings forth, whatever fruit it brings, whether it's sweet or bitter, that's what you're going to eat. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15, our opening verse. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. One big word here in this scripture is the word sacrifice. Praise is a sacrifice. Sacrifice, according to the principles of scripture, requires death. Nothing was ever offered to God that hadn't passed through death. That's why previous to Jesus, the old covenant still required animals to die in place of you. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, animals had to die for your sins. But billions of animals had to die. Once and for all, Jesus Christ came to pay the price for you. The blood was shed, the perfect blood was shed, and it has been paid for once and for all. But death had to come. Jesus died. Sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise requires the death of the old man. The old man really can't praise God as he deserves to be praised. There has to be a death. But also a sacrifice costs something and praise is costly. And it is not easy. It really costs you something to praise God in the midst of going through a terrible thing. Um, many of you have suffered death to loved ones. You've suffered loss of jobs. You've suffered things that weren't fair to you. Um, you've su suffered things that were fair to you. I mean, just things happen. But, be, try, but being able to find praise is the way out. You can, again, we can stay in the past or we can come out. And the way out is by praising God. If you're still battling a situation, I want to encourage you to start praising the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm still hurting here and I'm just going to spend a few minutes and praise you. And when I think of this situation again, maybe your husband left you, maybe your wife left you, maybe, I don't know. There are bad things that happen. Bad things happen. And I want to encourage you that when you think of those things, number one, give them, give them to God. God, I just give this back to you. This hurts so bad. And do you know that the Lord knows your hurt? He knows that hurt. Number one, he experienced it on earth. Whatever hurts we've had, Jesus Christ experienced those. But he understands. And he's not going to tell you, oh, you should just suck it up and get over that. Nope, he's going to love you through it. But part of that is by you turning your heart, dying to that, and praising God. Lord, I'm thinking about that again. Let me just get out some scriptures that, that praise him. And there's one song that I just love to do whenever I'm hurting the worst. And it's a song called Lift Up Holy Hands. And it just goes, holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous, and mighty. Lord, I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify. I glorify. I exalt you. I extol you. I adore you. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, my heart, my heart feels different. 
The pain may still be there. That situation is still there. But let me do it again. Holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous, and mighty. Now, I don't just need to sing the song. We can just kind of go through the motions and give me all in my lamb, keep me burning. But if I really get my heart turned toward what I'm saying, you are holy, you are marvelous, you are glorious, you are omnipotent, you are righteous, and you are mighty. Lord, I praise you and I lift you up. I magnify and I glorify and I exalt you and I extol you and I adore you. Hallelujah. Joy comes back. And maybe I'm not quite full, so I need to do it again. And do it again. And do it again. And do it again. It costs you something. And praise can't depend on your feelings. Forgiveness can't depend on your feelings. It's a decision. Do you want to be free or do you want to remain captive? Forgiveness holds you captive. Unforgiveness holds you captive, not them. You're the captive, you're the cap, you're the uh, chained up one, captivated one. You're the one held captive, not them. It'd be different if my unforgiveness really hurts you. But it doesn't. It hurts me. It hinders my prayers. It's enough for me. Let me just tell you, that person you're holding unforgiveness isn't worth your prayers being hindered. Now, that person is completely valuable to God, but with you, you're not worth me holding unforgiveness towards you. You can't do that to me anymore. I'm not going to position myself to be hurt by you anymore. There's going to have to be some trust. And I keep looking at Justin just because he's paid so I can do this to him. <laughs> but do you hear me? I'm not going to let you do that again, but I'm going, to, I'm going to forgive you for that. Because I have things I need from God. And this stops that flow. Somebody's getting a good word. As we close this entire series, I'm going to give you an example of David from Psalm 34. Um, and... I don't know if you ever read the Psalms. I hope you do. I hope you read the one your Bible or, or in some type of program because you, you need to have the Word. If y'all have ever heard my message for the last 10 years, read the Word. It has been the biggest change for my life. It has changed my life so much. But in the Psalms, a lot of times it'll have a little caption saying, this is when David was going through this, or this is for the worship leader, or this is this situation that he was going through. Well, this one says, a Psalm of David, when he feigned madness or faked madness before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. So what's going on here? David was a fugitive. He had to run from home. He's the king, but he's had to run. He's had to, uh, he's had to run from home. Actually, he wasn't named king yet. Saul was trying to kill him too. I mean, he just had issues. And this is the guy that was pulled off of the, uh, from tending sheep and was anointed by Samuel and said, you're going to be king, but try to stay alive. Everybody's going to try to kill you. He didn't tell him that, but 
good luck. You're not king yet. I can't tell you when it's going to be, but you're going to be king. Back to the sheep. So he goes back to the sheep. Gets called in because he's a harp player. Starts casting out demons out of Saul by playing his harp. Saul falls in love with him. Starts to hang around all the time. His son Jonathan and him become like bosom buddies. Completely close. Next thing you know, Saul gets a whiff that David's going to be king or something's not right. Saul starts realizing, hey, people like him more than me. He's going out and they're singing songs about him killing 10,000s and me just killing 1,000. Mm. No, I don't like him. I'm going to kill him. No, Jonathan says, no, he's not trying to kill you. Uh, yeah, he just threw a sword at me. Nah, he didn't really mean that. Let me go talk to him. Uh, David, he's trying to kill you. Maybe you should go. So, did y'all like that? That was like probably 10 chapters. <laughs> So Saul's trying to, King Saul's trying to kill him. David had to leave his own country, and he went to a Gentile king for refuge. But Abimelech, now they know, they've seen the work he's done. They know he's a great warrior, but now they're starting to think, hmm, if we take him to war with us, maybe he'll turn and start fighting for the other side again. I don't think we can trust him. So it said... Uh, they thought he was going to be an enemy. So in order to save his own life, David faked like he was crazy. It says, it says that he would scratch on the doors and slobber all over his beard. <laughs> you know, that's acting at its best. Um, but what was David's reaction? That was his situation. What was David's reaction? And now it says, at this time... Do you remember what I said the, the precursor was? A psalm of David when he was faking madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David had as many challenges as we could ever face. He made as many mistakes as we could ever make. Yet God said he was a man after his own heart. This crazy guy slobbering all over his beard, acting like he's crazy. Isn't that awesome? You know, if you need to, write down Psalm 34 on your bathroom, in your car, and on your phone. Put it as your screensaver or whatever. And when things creep into your mind, read that. Read it out loud. Let your ears hear it. In this terrible situation with his life hanging in the balance and he's so shamed that he had to fake madness, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That is a sacrifice of praise. David desired to go on boasting in the Lord. There may be nothing else to boast in, to boast on, but you can boast on God. And praise is infectious. Have you ever noticed, have you ever got around somebody when we're doing praise and worship and the Spirit of God's really on them? And if you're close enough to them, it'll start getting on you. In fact, I'll listen to what's going on and I'll start kind of moving closer to them. What do you, you got going on? Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to say what they're saying. And, oh, but if somebody else is... Rah, 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 I'll start doing that. 
Did you see what happened at work today? Did you see what he did? Yeah, I did. It's bad. It was bad. It's bad boss. Yeah, he's bad. I don't like him. I don't like him either. But if someone says, man, isn't he awesome? Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Isn't he doing a great job? Yeah, doing a great job. I mean, it's just, you infect people, positively or negatively. If you grumble, you're going you're gonna to get fellow grumblers. But when we learn to praise God, others will join us. Let us learn to offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. I want to encourage you, men and women that have grumblers for spouses, start praising. What's coming out of your mouth? I wasn't looking at y'all. I'm sorry. I looked over there and you're like, I didn't mean that. I, I, I try not to look at anybody when I say something. Uh, anyway, sorry. It's, it will infect your family. If you got somebody in your household that's a worrier, all of a sudden the whole family will be worrying. Until somebody finally says, shut up. And I mean that in the most nice way. Don't forget, David showed up to the battlefield to hand out cheese and crackers to his brothers. And finally said, Does, am I the only one that hears what he's saying? Yeah, we hear it and it's bad. Oh, we're going to hide today. We hid yesterday. We hid the day before. If he says it again, we'll hide again. I'm not going to hide. It's a lie. I know the truth. And by the way, let me go tell him the truth. How dare you uncircumcised Philistines speak about my God this way? Who are you, you little dog? You may think a little dog, but just watch what my God can do. Hey, everybody, watch what my God can do. Everybody watch this because this needs to impact your life. This is about to impact your life. And this isn't me doing it. I'm little and I'm no good. I mean, I'm not no good, but really I'm nothing. I'm not even one of your warriors. I've got on sandals and a diaper. I'm Tarzan, but little. But watch. Church, watch. We're about to go into a series in the next couple weeks on testimonies. Will you watch? Because you're going to get free. You're going to realize you can pick, you can pick up a stone and slay a giant. That's not just David's calling, that's your calling. You have the equipment to go out and tear apart what Satan's trying to do. But watch, I got three coins or five coins in my bag, but I don't really need those. I just picked those up, just in case. But watch this, watch. I knew it all along. Why? He knew God. He knew that didn't line up. Get praise coming out of your mouth. All right, last one. AA. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all other affairs. This is what, uh, you're, you're going to, I'm going to kind of let the cat out of the bag. This SIG that we're doing on Sundays, this is one of them. That not, not, well, going. Going. You're equipped. We get charged up and we go. 
Amen? That's why this, this program is effective, effective because they have Davids who have slayed the alcohol giant and now they need to go out and help somebody else do it. We can do, we can do this. And I'm not just going to bail on you and just tell you you can do it. I'm going to go with you. I'll go with you to the meetings. I will go with you where you go and we're going to have some success here. That's what the church is supposed to do. It's not, man, I'm sorry about your marriage. Let me pray about it and goodbye. That's not the church. Let me tell you what I've walked through and let me walk with you as you go through this. Because you can have a great marriage. You can have great kids. You can overcome what you're facing. Amen? All right, y'all stand up with me. Have y'all enjoyed this series? Thank you. Bless you. It is right out of God's word. And I just, uh, I just, I just hope that you can just take some of this and walk with it. Don't just, don't just be entertained. Be transformed. Be changed. And be a change agent to our city, to our church, to your family. You, you really want to change the world, change your family. You don't have to go out here and change the whole community. Just change your family. Start there. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for what you've done. Lord, we just give you thanks right now in this place for how great you are. Lord, you have given us everything. You've given us your son, Jesus, to be able to wash us clean from what we could never get clean from. But Lord, you've also given us um, the, the word, the promise that you will go with us everywhere we go. And not only will you help us give us victory, but you're going to bless us. You're going to provide for us. You're going to heal us. You're going to care for us. You're going to make a way for us. You're going to guide us. And Lord, your word says that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You're not going to run off when things get tough. Lord, I just ask you from tonight that we would offer up a sacrifice of praise to you regularly continually let the praises of uh, let the praises of God be continually on my lips thank you Lord let the praises of God be continually on church on the hills lips that we would hear our grumbling and stop and we would turn that to praise and that Lord what challenges that face us Lord we take you with us and we're going to be praising all the way. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray for overcoming this week. I just pray that whatever hindrances and whatever strongholds may be up against us, Lord, that, that we just start walking with you and those things just get broke down. Whatever it is that you're walking through, walk through it with the Lord. You are going to come out an overcomer, victorious. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.